Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany Bodie. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Um, I am surviving, if I am being honest. We are on day four of having a child at home. So really just getting through that. We had the influenza A bug at our house since the weekend. And then Max finally felt well enough to head to school today. And lo and behold, Mother Nature said, no thanks, here's a snow day. So (laughs) I'm hoping during this podcast that I don't have anybody walking in or any disturbances. Yeah, you have to have to bribe him with good snacks and an iPad and whatever else to say, you got to be quiet for an hour. You had to kick all the boys out, I'm sure, that are normally hanging out in your basement. You're definitely the the hangout house. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for peace and quiet for you. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. I put a note on the door that said, recording a podcast, don't you dare knock or ring the doorbell. Because <laughs> it's like I sent everybody home to have lunch at their own homes. And now I'm like, please do not show back up here in short order, ringing my doorbell and having everybody go bonkers. So absolutely did. You read my mind on that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not even just the kids. It's the dogs too, right? We're always like, all right, just be quiet for an hour. No squeaky toys, no barking, no chewing things. Just lay there peacefully, quietly. Every noise needs to be at bay. <laughs> I know. And I, I definitely was cut out of our one of our previous podcasts, but my little dog learned how to open the door. So typically I have them in the guest bedroom and I turn on Pets Are In and then they just watch and they hang out while I do this. But she's really flexing her muscles with her new skill set. So she's out and about. I can hear her moving around and she's not really taking no for an answer. So she's insanely smart, but also incredibly mischievous, which, you know, you and I got our second dogs at the same time during the pandemic and both had a rude awakening from our well-behaved elder dogs for sure. <laughs> yeah. We both got red dogs too. So we called them the red devils. I mean, it was yes. very fitting. We got them within like a month or two of each other, if I'm not mistaken. We thought it was great. We'll get them a buddy. And I think you and I were like taking turns crying back and forth for like a solid month. Just what did I do? Did I make a mistake? <laughs> so. I mean, I always thought I was like a good dog trainer. I, or like I, I'm – oh, I must be good. It just turns out like I've had very easy dogs is what mm-hmm. I think. Like they're very eager to please. They're food motivated, you know, whatever it is. And I definitely found out the hard way with little Ruby that that is not the case. And mm-hmm. as you know, I've shared previously that I we had to send her to what we call it, inpatient treatment for her behavior <laughs> because we – hit our wits end with her and we were moving into a new house. And I was like, yeah, she can't have a potty corner there where when she just feels like it just potties in front of us and she can't, she cannot be chewing things there. It's just not going to work for us. So we ended up sending her to a local place. And what they did for us is they actually came into our home and trained us afterwards. And that was 
life-changing because you can pay anybody an exorbitant amount of money to train your dog. But if they come back into your home and you're like, oh, you're so cute and nice and what a good lady, (laughs) they're going to (laughs) be right back to bad behavior. So it was super, super cool to learn all of the commands and learn how to positively reinforce her and do all of these different things. And I'll be really honest with you. When they said positive reinforcement, I was like, so we just give her a treat when she's good and not swat her butt when she's bad. That's what we're doing. Like it felt like very um, millennial parent adjacent to me. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going. <laughs> but- she's a different dog though now. I mean, truly, it, it, it changed her life and it made me realize how important and valuable things like training are. M- mine settled in. She's already an old lady. And, and so she eventually settled in. It was more her brother hating her. But oh. – Ruby needed the support, and I truly, truly think it had a major impact on on your sanity, your happiness, your family dynamic. It was a big deal. It is life-changing. I validate all the time for the training program when people are like, would you do it? And I said, he could have – Jason could have charged me double what what we did. And knowing what I know now, I would pay it in a heartbeat because it really did. It changed our lives. We didn't realize how much it was impacting everything in our home. And you love your pets and you would, I I could never get a pet and then have to rehome them or do anything. And so we had to do everything possible, you know, in our minds to make sure that she would be a fit for our family. And I am so glad we did because she is such a little lover now. And this is really the perfect segue into our guest today because we have Emily Anderson, Vice President of Development for Brand One on the Dog Wizard joining us. Hi, Emily. Hi, Sam. Hi, Brittany. It is so wonderful to see you and be with you today. We are so, so happy that you're here, and we're just excited to have you share not only more about the Dog Wizard, but just your background and your franchise knowledge. You are somebody that I've known for many, many years now and have always respected, and I'm so grateful that I get to work with you. So why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and how you fell into franchising and and where you are right now? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, gosh... Britt and Sam, it has been such a pleasure to work with you and the FranPath team for the last few years. So um, to the listeners, you know, we should just warn them ahead of time. It's going to be a total love fest. (laughs) So a little bit about me. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. You know, I did not grow up in the kind of home where dad needed to get his boss's permission to take a vacation. You know, so I grew up witnessing and experiencing a lot of autonomy and my family. And we did what we wanted to do and we wanted to do it. And I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. But even despite all that, I was still raised to get a college education and get a job. And so there was that spirit in me, that little fire that just could not get satisfied you know, in a corporate grind. I started my own business in my 20s and I ran that for about four years and really enjoyed it. I learned a ton, but four years in, I got to the point where I needed to scale or bail. And I didn't know, well, 
Am I financially well enough, sufficiently capitalized to scale? Can I hire someone? What would that look like? What would I pay? Would I still be able to make this? I, there was no blueprint. And I was a one woman show. And I got to the point where I said, you know, let me just go back to the quote unquote safety <laughs> of a job. And uh, I got, I started working in business development and developing businesses in a way where I did it in a very educational, methodical process. And I really, really enjoyed that because it did kind of scratch my entrepreneurial itch, you know, developing and growing businesses, even if it wasn't mine. And then I got an opportunity to do business development in franchising. And I got to tell you, so I am a really trusting person. Like I trust people to a fault. I generally believe people are well-intentioned and good-hearted unless I feel like somebody's trying to sell me something. And then I just get really skeptical, this jaded side of Emily. If you're trying to sell me something or convince me of something, you know, suddenly I play devil's advocate. So they wanted me to do business development for a franchise. And I thought franchising was all golden arches. And I thought, I am not about to sling the $5 foot long. No. But then I started learning about franchising. And I started speaking with franchise owners. And they would tell me how their lives had changed as a result of owning their own business, how their quality of life, their, their connection with their family, their engagement um, in life just on a regular basis was transformed. And I said, oh my gosh, sign me up. Anything that can make people this happy, this fulfilled and this successful, sign me up. And so I've been in franchise development for the last 10 years. And it is so rewarding to see people, their lives transform from, you know, burnout, corporate burnout, feeling unvalued, feeling like you're not making a contribution, feeling like you have these abilities and talents to drive results, and yet you have no autonomy and no control in your life. You know, fast forward to people really owning their life. And it's, it's amazing. You can tell, I mean, how excited do I get when I just talk about it? So it is a really, really exciting industry. And even hearing you talk about that, you know, we don't release the video on this and for many reasons, but most of them are own vanity. <laughs> so we <laughs> we don't. But as you're talking, Brittany and I are smiling and nodding our heads. And it's just, it really, you're hitting all the points that are so important to us and why, the why is always the business owner because it totally does change the life of the franchisee. And, you know, you're in a business right now that is really making waves inside of franchising because having a non-brick and mortar option in the pet space is huge. And there's massive potential financially and in personal fulfillment for these franchisees. So can you just explain to us what is the dog wizard? This is one of the most exciting businesses I have ever gotten to work with. And partly because so many aspects that you just said, Sam, people love dogs. 
I love dogs. So to be able to own a business in an industry that incites so much passion and connection is really, really special. And a lot of businesses and franchises in the pet industry are brick and mortar, which essentially means there's grit, grime, long-term commitments, high overhead, um, a higher barrier to entry just financially. And this is a mobile business that can be run, operated from someone's home. And we have a mobile-based dog training franchise model. And it's so special because, gosh, for so many things. So it's a mobile model where we go out to people's homes to offer private dog training, where we train the dog and the owner. We provide group classes where people can gather in a park or a facility where we're training the dog and the owner simultaneously. And then we also offer a board and train where we board the dog for seven or 14 days, and then we return it to the owner fully trained. And then yes, guess what? We train the owner so that they can sustain the training that we have provided. And what's really unique about this, I mean, dog training has been around for years and years. And the dog wizard takes what we call a balanced training methodology. Because essentially, there are many different types of dog training. There are all kinds of different schools of thought. And positive reinforcement works beautifully for one dog, whereas another dog might be trained more in alignment with the military. So I'm giving you two uh, opposite extremes of a continuum. But what I love about the balanced training methodology is we are not limited to any one type of training method. And so what we do is we take a very consultative approach and we customize the training based on the family and the owner's goals and based on the dog, their temperament, their personality. So for example, I've, I've had border collies for, for many years. Right now I have an eight-year-old rescue border collie who when we rescued her three years ago, she had been so traumatized. I could not literally, I would walk her, try to walk her down the block. We couldn't get more than three houses down because there's this German shepherd three houses down and he would bark and she would freeze. She wouldn't go an inch further and we'd have to turn around and come home. I also currently have a nine month old border collie who is an absolute spaz. Now, the training that we would use for an eight-year-old rescue with some trauma compared to the training that we would use for a very spazzy puppy are very, very different. And so again, just customizing the training based on the dog and the owner's goals is, I don't think people realize how transformative it is when you have this harmonious household, this great relationship with your dog. And you could take it anywhere. It, it's, it's just, it's life-changing. And I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating, but 
<laughs> I, I, I truly think it is. I mean, I, I, Sam and I just, you know, speaking from our own experience, I mean, getting our dogs settled in and, and getting them trained and having the proper support. I mean, that changed our lives. We, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say, and I'm not embarrassed to say, we would call each other and be crying and be like, what did I do? My other dog hates me. My husband hates me. I don't know if I could do this, you know? So it's serious and it's important. And I love that you guys are taking a unique approach that it's not a one size fits all. For me, so much about franchising is about the people. And so I'd love if you'd kind of share the history of the brand. Tell us about the leadership team and how they came to, to build this brand, the founders. Yeah. So the Dog Wizard was founded in 2005. And it was founded by this amazing woman who was actually a corporate executive who loved dogs. And she was burnt out on corporate. She said, I want to become a dog trainer. And so she got trained uh, to become a dog trainer. And she says that you know, financially, she was barely making ends meet. But she was willing to make that sacrifice because she loved what she was doing. But the straw that broke the camel's back was when she saw a flyer of all ways to find out a flyer with a dog that she had trained being given up for adoption. So she looks at this flyer and says, wait, I know that dog. I spent time with that dog. I trained that dog. What's going on? So she went to the owner and I don't know exactly what she trained that dog to do, sit, stay, fetch. And the owner said, well, yeah, it can sit, stay, fetch, but it's still not a good fit for our family and our lifestyle. And she was painfully aware that she lacked the training skill set and knowledge to train that dog the way it really needed to be trained for that family. And so she spent six years studying different dog training methodologies, what produced the best results, the happiest dogs, the happiest owners. And today we call that the wizard way, hence the balanced training methodology. And it really grew in the early years based on word of mouth, grassroots. People were hearing about this amazing dog wizard and bringing their dogs to her to get trained. People were coming to her saying, our family and our life is so transformed by having this well-behaved dog will you teach me how to be a dog trainer like you? And so she franchised it in 2013, really based on demand. And I can't think of any other business where you literally have people coming to you saying, can I work for you? <laughs> and it's still one of the most common ways we get trainers today are from our past clients. So while it grew really organically in the early years, in 2019, the dog wizard merged with the upbeat canine. And as a result, the dog wizard with this exceptional balance training methodology got met with capital, infrastructure, systems, an, an incredible, incredible executive management team that includes Grant Reeves, who is the CEO of the Dog Wizard. He's also the CEO of Doc Dogs. So for those of you that may not be aware, Doc Diving is a dog sport where dogs jump off of a dock into a body of water and they compete for height or distance. And this is a televised series 
on ESPN. So oftentimes I'm working with candidates and they say, oh, I watch Doc Dogs. My family watches Doc Dogs. Well, the CEO of Doc Dogs is the CEO of the Dog Wizard. And the Dog Wizard is the official training partner for the Doc Dogs. Uh, Jason Watson is our SVP of Marketing and Business Development. Jason has founded multiple companies in uh, the canine, the dog space, specifically uh, a business called Recon Canine that manufactures the tactical gear that dogs wear in the military, defense, and law enforcement. It's such a pleasure working with Jason. His knowledge of this industry and his humility is amazing. And we'll be talking about dog trainers. And then he says, oh yeah, I got to meet with the US Secret Service and the Norwegian special ops teams tomorrow. And so can we speak the day after tomorrow? I'm like, Jason, oh my gosh. So he's so embedded in uh, so many aspects of dogs. Peter Barbarisi is our chairman. And for anybody in franchising, probably know the name Peter Barbarisi, who is a growth-oriented CEO. He uh, serves as the CEO or chairman as a number, number of different franchises, probably some of which have been featured on your podcast. He was actually the CEO of Yoga 6, and he led the sale of Yoga 6 to Expo. He's an, uh, an advisor for Paws, Athletic Republic, etc., just an incredible, incredible group of individuals with not only a passion for dogs, but exceptional business minds and uh, business success and experience. And they've all come together here to grow the dog wizard. You guys have really, I mean, this is sounding like the 90s Chicago Bulls on this team. I mean, this is really fantastic. I love I love that. And I really do think it's important when we talk about brands that leadership is brought up because so many times that directs almost everything that we see in a brand. You can have a great idea. You can even have great franchisees. But if the leadership team does not have a direction or doesn't understand how to grow and scale properly, it can be done. You're done before you start. And so hearing about all of those people, hearing about the differentiated training programs, that's fantastic. Is there anything else as you're thinking about the dog wizard that's a key differentiator? Oh my gosh, Sam, I don't think we have enough time to talk about all the key differentiators, but I'll try to tackle this. I mean... The fact that this is a, a under 100K investment mobile dog training business is, is really unique in and of itself. This is a demand-driven business. So there are people looking for dog training. And this is a massive industry where nearly $10 billion was spent on pet services last year alone. And yet there's no, there's no dominant player. Who is the go-to for getting your dog trained? And there isn't one. And yet we are in this paradigm shift as a, as a result of COVID. So there were about 23 million dogs adopted during the pandemic. It was amazing. Shelters, humane societies were emptied. And so 23 million dogs taken home during a time where people were spending all of their time at home. And now that people are starting to travel or go back to the office, we are seeing, number one, a surge in anxiety and separation issues among dogs, which has increased the demand for training. 
But we're also seeing this shift in our communities and businesses where dogs are not only allowed, but they are warmly welcomed into so many different facilities. So for example, today I see dogs at the grocery store. I see dogs at the gym. I see dogs at the airport. I see people wearing these baby carriers and instead of a baby on their chest, they have a small dog. I was speaking with a candidate in Chicago last week and he said, Emily, I was in Nordstrom on Michigan Avenue and I saw five dogs in Nordstrom. And he said, and so I asked the employee, what's up with all the dogs in Nordstrom? And the employee said on Michigan Avenue, you have to allow people to bring their dogs in. Otherwise you will get hate mail. So yes, exactly. So I saw Brittany's jaw drop, right? You'll get hate mail from these people if you don't let them bring their dogs in. And so the demand for well-behaved, well-trained dogs who are, they used to be, just used for security or for work, but today dogs are part of the family and they are out in our community in, in massive, massive amounts. One of the key differentiators with this business is the employees and employees. I mean, let's face it. Employees are, I would say the number one concern, the number one headache that business owners have. And what's so unique about this model are that dog trainers are people who have a calling, who have a passion, who oftentimes are very nurturing, they're very caretaking. Honestly, and this is a sweeping generalization, but these are people that are motivated to make a difference and to connect from a passion. They're not super financially motivated. This is not an employee pool that is going to say, hey, see you later. I'm going to go work over there for a dollar more an hour. That's not this kind of individual. These are people that are looking to create a career out of training dogs. And a typical territory can be served by three trainers. So very few employees, exceptionally high retention with low turnover. And the dog wizard provides the dog trainers with unlimited access to not only our proprietary training methodology, but ongoing education. So these individuals can make a really good living doing something that they love, and they can achieve a level of mastery with dog training, plus the comfort of, if you will, of knowing that they will be given customers, they've got great brand recognition, they've got great training, great support, they stay with the dog wizard, and they get to do what they love, which is train dogs. So it's really, uh, it's really just, it, it's a win-win for everyone. I mean, those are huge differentiators just in franchising in general or the pet space in general, which is a huge industry. I mean, listen to the three of us. We each have two dogs, right? And so there is a huge demand for these services. So who is the ideal franchisee? I have to imagine that you guys are looking for people that love dogs. You can't be afraid or allergic to dogs, but what else? What makes for a great franchisee for the dog wizard? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, 
somebody who loves dogs, someone who understands and respects the bond that people, that dog owners have with their dogs, and they understand the, the importance and the significance of that relationship. Probably the same way that you know, teachers love children and education, right? So, but what's really unique about the owners of the dog wizard is yes, we're looking for somebody who loves dogs. We're also looking for someone who wants to be part of their community. Because while this is exceptionally demand driven and the marketing, the digital presence, the social media presence that is provided by the franchisor is off the charts, having a presence in the community is really important. And the owner can wear a number of different hats. So there are a couple of hats and roles that need to be filled in this business, but the owner also has a lot of autonomy in terms of what hat or what role he or she wears. So for example, some of our owners train dogs. Some of our owners have never trained a dog in their life and they provide leadership to a team of trainers and they provide financial management. Uh, people with a background in marketing tend to be really drawn to the dog wizard when they see the lead gen, the digital presence, the testimonials, uh, the fact that this is not usually a, a, a service-based low-cost franchise requires the owner or a key employee to be a hunter in terms of customer acquisition not in this business. Again, demand driven. So somebody who is looking to lead a team, provide financial management, if they have a desire to train dogs, great. If they want to be a presence in the community and wear the business development hat, great. If they want to hire a GM and have the GM oversee one of those hats while the owner has a full-time salaried position, absolutely. So we have owners there were all of these different hats in our model, but the common theme is a love of dogs serving our community. I love that you touched on that because we have a lot of different clients. We have clients right now, you know, we, we have a client that we're sharing currently who just left his corporate role and he doesn't know if he's going to go back or not. And he wanted to know that the option would be open as an owner-operator or a semi-passive model. And the fact that the dog wizard is able to facilitate all of those different roles for franchisees and validate them successfully speaks a lot to the support system and the model. So we touched briefly on it, but what can prospective franchisees expect to hear about the support that they're going to receive from the dog wizard as they're exploring this with you? Yeah, so validation is my favorite step for candidates in the discovery process of, of our franchise, where they get to speak with our franchisees. I love the candor. I love the transparency of that. And specifically, since the merger in 2019 with the Dog Wizard and Upbeat Canine, we have put massive um, support streams, automation and things in place, which our franchisees are shouting from the rooftops. So what a candidate would probably hear is the lead generation that is produced as a result of the digital presence that is created and provided for the franchisor. So the franchisor provides a fully optimized website 
takes care of all the SEO, the pay-per-click, Google AdWords, banner ads, press releases, you name it. Also in alignment with that digital presence are, is a whole network of dog wizard franchisees across the country that have pages and pages of five-star reviews and raving testimonials. And the candidates can rest assured that they are gonna get the exact same business training and dog training, whether it's them or their employees, they're going to get the same training that all these other people do. And they get to leverage this branding, this recognition, and this proprietary methodology. The curriculum is off the charts. And I, I say that because that's what our franchisees tell me. So I told you, I like to play devil's advocate if I feel like somebody's trying to sell me something. So I have spoken with a number of dog wizard franchisees and I asked them, so what's so special about the dog wizard? Like why the dog wizard? And every single one has said, Emily, our curriculum is unlike anything else that's out there. So we have 14 different revenue streams. 14 different class models that can address and correct just about any dog behavioral issue that's out there. And so our franchisees are going to hear that you are going to get exceptional training in 14 different curriculum that you can bring to your community and bring to dog owners. Um, the, we have a proprietary version of HubSpot. We use Vonigo. So essentially there are there are software platforms and automation in place, which allow the franchisees to do what they do best and to focus on the behaviors that are going to drive to the bottom line. So rather than wasting time and energy, answering phones, responding to email, routing the models, we've got software and automation in place to manage all of that so that your trainers can do what they want to do which is train dogs. And so that the owner can do what they wanna do, whether that's executive management, business development, operations, et cetera. So the support, the automation, the training is exceptional. It's so exciting. And that's, that's the feedback that we're getting. Any of our clients, you know, this is a new opportunity for Sam and I in the IFPG portfolio, but any of the clients that have been introduced to you, of course, they love you. All of our clients do. They love the franchisees too and what they're hearing from franchisees. So it's very genuine. It's very cohesive across the board and what we're hearing. You've, you've given us a lot of great info today, and I just love how passionate you are about helping great people become business owners, and you've had a lot of success in your career in helping other people become entrepreneurs. I have to imagine between being raised in an entrepreneurial household, being an entrepreneur yourself, helping so many entrepreneurs, being a mom, a wife, a friend, you have to have some pretty great advice that you've gathered. So why don't you share your best piece of advice with us? So I used to host uh, panel discussions with franchisees. And it was very similar to kind of a validation call that we do, but I would have a number of franchise owners that I'd personally work with and we would close the doors and I would invite my candidates to speak with them and just ask, ask them anything. And one of the most common questions candidates would ask 
the franchise owners, what regrets do you have? And I swear you could, every single time you could, you know, feel the oxygen just get sucked out of the room. Like, what are they going to say? What do they regret? They made this big leap into franchise ownership. And I hosted probably a dozen of these panel discussions. And the only answer I ever heard from a franchise owner was that their only regret was that they didn't do it sooner. So I guess my advice would be if someone has that little entrepreneurial spark and if it's something that they have been shushing or waiting or delaying or ignoring or denying, just have a conversation with Sam or Brittany. Just have a conversation. I think we owe it to ourselves to create, proactively create the future that we want to live as opposed to someone else laying, laying it out for us. That would be my advice. I guess I'll quote Shakespeare, to thine own self be true. You don't need to have it all figured out. It's impossible to figure it out until you get the resources that you need to get the information you need to make a well-informed decision. That's my advice. I can't tell you how many times Brittany and I have said that to each other amongst many other things over the course of the last year, but it's a common theme for us, which is, I can't believe we didn't just do this sooner. I can't believe we just didn't take a leap of faith, bet on ourselves and roll the dice. And I hear it all the time when we're in contact with franchisees as well. That's amazing advice. If it's right for you, sometimes the answer is explore it and find out that, no, actually, this is not for me, <laughs> but at least I know now that I looked into it. Yeah. So it's like, look in the mirror, you know? So I, I tell someone, I was like, hey, go look in the mirror and ask yourself, and, you know, do I have a great work ethic? Do I recognize a great system? Do I want to be part of something? Do I want a little bit more autonomy? Do I know how to drive results? What are my skill sets? Am I a good leader? Am I good at operations? Am I good at marketing? And then ask yourself, hey, do I want to bring me to the table or do I want to give me to somebody else? And unfortunately, and you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but unfortunately, job performance does not equal job security. No. Those days are over. I speak with so many just exceptional professionals that say, yeah, I basically worked myself out of a job. You know, I work with so many professionals that say, that tell me, Emily, I drove these results and I got this done and I love this. And I got these amazing, this amazing feedback from leadership and I got laid off. So, and I tell them, I reassure them, like, I'm, I can tell you're amazing. Your layoff has nothing to do with your performance. So guess what? We're going to take all of that you, you gave to them and you're going to give it back to yourself and your family. That's exceptional advice again there. <laughs> I think that I, I need you to be giving me my affirmations in the morning because I think I would be like, yes, get out there, do it. Let's do it all. <laughs> so. It's that defiance in me. I love helping people say, for I, Forget corporate. I'm doing it on my own. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a different F word with corporate, which is fine too, but I didn't know where we were going. Um, and I can't remember if this podcast was marked clean or not, so it probably shouldn't be. Um, but 
<laughs> now, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but you've surprised me a few times today. We always ask our guests on this podcast, what is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Mm, 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 mm. So I have always, even when I was young, I've just been an ambitious go-getter. And I like to align myself with things that I believe in. And when I was younger, working for other people, I would throw myself into something for someone else. And I would give up family dinners. I would miss out on vacations. I would come home so exhausted. I would eat a bowl of cereal for dinner and fall asleep on the couch, right? And my compelling reason for being in franchising is I can take my ambition I, and I can live with a high degree of autonomy that is in alignment with my values. I don't miss family dinners anymore. Um, I don't miss out on family vacations. I don't ask someone else's permission on how to live my life and when to spend time with my family. So I enjoy what I do. I love helping people. I love to help people get results. And I love helping other people experience the same control and autonomy and freedom that I get to experience on a regular basis. I don't answer to anyone. And, you know, some people think, yeah, but will I be able to pay my bills? Well, there's a lot of us that are paying our bills just fine in franchising because we have the support um, that we need. So I, it, there's kind of a defiance in me that that's like, I'm doing it my way. And guess what? You can do it your way, too. And that is what compels me to continue educating people on these opportunities in franchising. It is. I mean, it's so special because you get this autonomy. I mean, I don't take my first call typically until 10 a.m. Eastern. I like to have my morning. I like to do all the other things personally with my, my health, my dog, my husband, my business before I take calls. I couldn't mm -hmm. do that working for someone else. Just little yep. things like that. You know, Sam has a sick kid. Well, we can cancel her day and reschedule it. No one's going to give her a hard time. And then with franchising, you're also not on this island. You get this incredible system of not only support from the franchisor, but support from the franchisees. I mean, I'll call you and say, what do you think about this? Or you'll give me an email template on that. I mean, just sharing ideas and thoughts and resources. It's really a special world that we all get to live in. So. Yeah. And I think one of the limiting views that people have is they think, well, I need to get into a business where I have industry knowledge and industry experience. So they might be listening and saying, I love dogs. Oh my gosh, to own a dog training business sounds like fun and enjoyable. And it is. And the fact that there is a franchise model in place with systems and training and support is what allows people with zero dog or pet experience, it provides them access to a massive industry that 123.6 billion dollars was spent on pets last year. Wow. 
Insane. So yeah, so if you want to tap into a massive industry that is demand driven, doing something you love, welcome. We make that possible. I know what I'm going to title this episode. I'm going to title it "I Can Do It My Way" with Emily Anderson. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. It was truly our pleasure to have you. I feel like I'm going to be cutting and editing so many of these nuggets out to put on social media so everybody can enjoy them. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. It was such a joy to start my day speaking with you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.